0: And so today we have another very special episode with this man who is sitting here in front of you. His name is Alvin Cavalier. He's owner of a short-term rental company that provides property management, sharing economy services consultations, STR consultations, STR rental market research, analysis reports, STR listing management. So there's a lot that this man and his company is providing. Visit the website yourspacestr.com. That's yourspacestr.com. He's also uh, an organizer of Airbnb rental arbitrage meetup in Atlanta, Georgia. So any of you, uh, any of you who are looking to get involved into Airbnb business, uh, how often do you do these meetups?
1: are uh, right now. Uh... About once every two months in Atlanta, and in all actuality, uh monthly across the country. So we're, we're scheduled out in Dallas, uh, Houston. We'll do Miami and Nashville here in the, uh, the coming months, and DC. I think's uh, scheduled for for 3 April.
0: So. Here you go, here you go, guys. So you know anybody who's from the states, because uh, again, you, you're probably not planning to come to visit Europe so far. It's going to be, you know, so again, for the European people, this is the interview that we're going to be dropping, you know, to to learn the tricks, the ins and outs of Airbnb business, because I know it's like, it's super popular in some parts of the world, like London, I know there's a lot of people doing Airbnbs in there, Dublin, again, you know, France, probably Germany, all over the place, especially like young people, you know, and and like your age. And so it's a great space. And I'm looking forward definitely to jump on that. But before that, Just a big thank you, you know, staying here with us for these 30, 40 minutes. Appreciate the time, Marlon. My honor, my honor, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So again, for the people, uh, maybe you can tell a little bit of your story. Again, uh, prior to starting this interview, you mentioned that you're still active in the military. So yes. maybe you can tell the people who would love to get involved into the business, like, how do you manage, like, full-time job and still doing the business? And, like, how did you discover this uh, real estate business in the first place?
1: Sure thing. So everybody, again, uh, Aldo Cavalier, uh, active duty military, still uh, is my day job in, in short-term rental, sharing economy, consultation services, uh, by night, as I call it. This started uh, actually a little bit about uh, two years ago, uh, March 1st, uh, 2018 to be exact, first uh, short-term acquisition uh, actually out in New York City. Uh, that came about through a real estate agent, a good friend of mine who doing Airbnb, uh, had some opportunity, um, took a look at some numbers, um, and then it was just about uh, accepting risks uh, based on opportunity that was, that was there. So to peel, uh, through everything, uh, the, the number, the numbers made sense. So then I went ahead and, and did an acquisition on, on her behalf, uh, went into a partnership that lasted just about, uh, just about a year or so. And then after that, just, uh, quickly started to, to expand out throughout, uh, throughout the states and. Uh, reached about 50 or so uh, Airbnb investments in just under two years and and we've now spread out into quite a unique space uh, that you probably won't hear much about as it pertains to to Airbnb but uh, it's it's a shared economy of look and feel as a whole uh, with our Airbnb uh, efforts and what that entails uh, for people it's simply uh, a look at the sharing economy and all the services that exist in the sharing economy you've got toro you've got pier space you've got RV share boat center you've got zale that provides mobile massage services you've got Feastly that provides uh, chef services so you think about all those services that exist and then you figure out a way uh to tie those into a workflow and a process that uh, allows you to add value to to a guest experience. So, so as we see it, uh, we we get out of the the, the nine to five rat race uh, with within just uh, being able to provide an Airbnb for guests, and we we monetize other areas of the sharing economy. So, the conversation changes from uh, nightly occupancy rates uh, to Uh, providing guests with with a holistic experience within uh, within the sharing economy so
0: yeah 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 it's completely a different business like prior to itself i used to have people again you guys who are watching familiar like multifamily. you know like investing construction so that that's a little bit different like you provide the service for people so that that's a little bit different and i'm like when it comes to your bnb like i'm very green like and probably some of you who are watching they're like i don't have a clue what, what like alvin is talking about so again people like myself who are green in this space like they don't know anything like how do you even like get because you you mentioned you have 50 uh what do you call it properties like that that you manage or or you you partially own them like how is this structured
1: so, so I'll try to simplify it. Uh, so, 50 plus investments, uh, meaning that uh, my company, we have invested in in 50 uh, or so Airbnbs. Now, some of those, or a majority of those Airbnbs, were invested in and uh, kept into our inventory uh, in one uh, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, some of the others uh, were strictly from a consultation standpoint where we have. Uh, brought in investors and taking them through an end-to-end process and then some of those investments were uh, strictly turnkey efforts uh, which is something else uh, unique that that the, that we do and uh taking an airbnb uh, standing it up from start to finish and then we will provide it uh, out to investors or offer it out to investors as sort of a turnkey effort same uh, Conceptually, that happens in real estate. We just do it on the Airbnb side. Uh, however, that's only done for uh, a short period of time within the, a long term lease agreement.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's possible to get the investors in some of those deals. Because it sounds like, I mean, are you able to like to raise money to like buy some of the? Because again, you 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 just put a lease in place. You you don't actually buy any of these properties, right?
1: Right. The, the whole concept of a rental arbitrage. It's it's really to take on a lot of a lot of units, and and we do that. Uh, and I, again, I think uh, not to pat ourselves on the back, but a pretty unique concept within uh, our structure is. Uh, we offer long-term lease agreements and at a minimum uh, 36 months, uh, max out to five to seven years in some cases. And what that allows us to do is leverage the terms of the deal uh, to get the numbers we want and the timeline we want, because as we see it, um, all homeowners have problems if you deal in real estate you understand that rental and tenant inefficiencies exist so understanding the fundamental problem we just exist to solve that problem and that allows us to to offer uh, homeowners something that will stabilize their units uh, reduce their tenant uh, inefficiencies reduce their vacancy rates and then they can focus on building uh, equity and, and appreciation in their assets and and we can focus on running our business.
0: Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, so you the, the main thing is what you do is you provide the property management. Is that right? Yes,
1: and that that that's another perk. So, so that's internal also to to the deal. So that that uh, in essence sounds like to a homeowner that hey, I'm going to offer you a long term lease unit that's going to help stabilize your unit, and then we're also going to manage your property. And that's really just due to the inter- inherent nature of, of short-term rentals, right? Because you can have a guest coming in uh, the same day you may you may have a leaky pipe or blo- broken appliance,
0: but uh, you're not gonna let a uh, broken stove uh, impact
1: a 21-day stay. And on the flip side, if something happens uh, while the guests are there, uh, you wanna action it immediately, right? Because you're providing guest services. so ideally you become inherently tied to property management services so you offer that as a perk uh, which then tells the homeowner hey i'm gonna in addition save you between one to two thousand dollars a year because i'm going to manage the property you'll still have full-time access with smart technology as you would with with uh with a long-term tenant and quite frankly we're going to take care of the property uh and keep it in much better shape just due to the inherent nature of, of uh, the reason short term rentals exist, and, and they're able to be successful because they have to maintain a certain standard.
0: Hmm. Okay, got it. So how big is your is your property management company?
1: When, when you say big in terms of management, uh, every, every every unit that's in our uh, portfolio, we, we manage. Uh, and then also we have units uh, for other investors that we we take on. So I I would say somewhere around uh, 30 to 40 units that we currently uh, manage.
0: Okay, okay, got it. And I mean, is it because when I look from a perspective of having an Airbnb business, like, I don't know, again, it's for the uh girls and 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 boys who are looking to get involved into the business because i've seen some photos like floating on the internet and i know it's like it's just a probably a few percent but i think is is it not too much like is it turnover is not too big because i think when people come in and they just rent the the place for a one two days i just feel like they're gonna just trash the joint you know like so (laughs) is, is that happening a lot or or you know like so is it is it like a lot of expenses going towards Airbnbs? Like what these ho- uh, homeowners are, are facing? Like is it a big issue?
1: In in some cases, yes. Uh, but uh, o- over time we, we found ways to to mitigate that, right? And and what we found is uh through Airbnb and, and VBRO on the way uh you have health rules and and what happens is uh, guests have to agree to your house rules in order to to rent your place. So those house rules, in, in a sense, become uh, a binding contract. And if you, you look at it that way, then it changes uh, the dynamics in terms of risk mitigation for, for things like that. So our house rules are very long and robust. And and what that allows us to do is uh, tell guests, uh, hey, we we allow events. You can stay one day, but you're gonna pay for it. Uh, you're gonna have a, a pretty uh, expensive security deposit uh, in order to host that event. And they know by the way, if if there are damages, uh, we're we're just gonna hold the security deposit and then claim uh, file a claim against you. So. So having robust uh, house rules uh, plus insurance allows you to to mitigate and offset a lot of a lot of the risk, and then also tied to that uh, security, uh, especially for homes because we deal with a lot of three and four bedroom homes uh, in uh, in our portfolio. So having uh, outdoor security is. Uh, is a must. So together, to those help mitigate a lot of risk. And I, I tell you that I've only had one incident with almost uh, 550 or so uh, guests over uh, over two years. One incident where we've had something taken uh, from, from one of the properties. But by and large, small accidents with kids uh, happen. But everything else really uh, gets back to understanding uh your operational cost and and to your question about uh some of those uh, concerns uh every host that's operating uh, professional in my opinion uh, should account for that in some capacity through their monthly expenses mm-hmm. and then uh, we we understand that gets you into your average uh daily cost and and if you if you're pricing right and not just pricing based on aggregated market data then you can price nightly to account for some of those uh some of those uh, potential future expenses and in a sense what happens is you pass that that cost on so over time uh, as income's rolling in through your net profits You've accounted for potential losses over time, and that's an that's not a, a risk mitigation, but but it's to say that hey, I, I know some of these things are going to happen over time, but how do we better best prepare ourselves to to uh, to mitigate that? Not only through some of the things I've talked about with house rules, but also through uh, charging guests every guest that comes through for for a future uh, uh, term.
0: Okay. So like what's the process uh when it comes to your business like how do you find these potential you know clients for you like that you can help and like manage these properties and just run the Airbnb for them? Like how do you put the contracts in place? Like how does it look like and I mean how do you screen the ten- uh, maybe we start like how do you find the, these people? Like how what's the process for that for you?
1: Right. So I'm I'm going to spill the beans here, right? So so, so big picture, right? We we operate under uh, four buckets, as we call them: uh, the source, uh, build, manage, and then it's either sell or lease. So, so in the source bucket, that's where we we go into the acquisition phase of of short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do that uh, in in a number of ways. Primarily, uh, we target. Uh, real estate investors. Uh, and ideally, it's through uh, Facebook groups uh, and local uh, real estate meetups and meetup.com where you can go and, and join local uh, meetups and then provide some information in terms of use services. And And the reason uh, we typically choose real estate investors uh, for those that, that do buy and hold and They look to stabilize their inventory. Uh, Getting a long-term rental to to a short-term rental investor uh, is a gold mine. And then what happens is, uh, once you do one or two good deals with an investor, uh, then uh, investor friends uh, come calling uh, because it's a a fairly good deal. Uh, The second uh, mode is uh, we look for homeowners. Uh, and and simply through uh, a website called HotPads uh, and another website we use Military by Owner, and the reason those two websites are chosen is because they have a for rent by owner filter, which then allows me to uh, do some uh, light market research through the Rental Meter or Zillow to understand uh, some of the market dynamics and and average rental prices, and then we set those filters into uh, the website to, uh, to get the exact location, uh, the, the budget range that we're looking for. And then we hit the filter for rent by owner, and then it gives us a target population. And then we've got, a uh, an email script tested and tried, uh, that's been successful over 25 times. So we, we shorten that down to, uh, to about two paragraphs that gets to to the heart of, of the message to tell homeowners, hey, listen, I understand that you have uh, rental intended inefficiencies and I'm here to to solve that for you, right? I'm gonna give you a long-term deal and I'm gonna manage your property and uh, think about it and, and and come on over. But uh, in, in any event. Uh, 10 or so emails will go out uh, and then typically we'll, we'll get three to four, sometimes five responses. In. And, and, and as that happens, as we see it, uh, homeowners are then in my football analogy, uh, they're on the 10 yard line. And and now we've just got to figure out a way to, to get them across the goal line, which then becomes an easy discussion to shore things up with uh, we've got a short explainer video. It's about two minutes on my YouTube channel and it, it thoroughly explains the process of, of what we do for homeowners, and then also uh, I've got a follow up email that goes out that talks about uh, some of the frequently asked questions that that homeowners typically have with uh, with respect to short term rental business and my home, and how does that that work for me over time?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love that. By the way, I love it because again, to mm-hmm. have like what you mentioned fifty. 50- properties 50 you know uh that, that you have 50 something right so you to get to that scale to that level what you mentioned the like processes and systems in place so i mean it's phenomenal i love it i love it because you know you have a solid like system in place to make sure that you will be able to find these homeowners like and i see definitely the side of uh getting you know th- getting it you know the property on airbnb rather than you know you know, leasing for three, you know, putting a lease contract for three, five, six, whatever year, because I mean, you know, when, when you have people just like yourself, that means I don't have to manage my own properties anymore. Of course, I don't know, like the way you structure the fees and how much it's probably, you know, on the contracts, depending on like a lot of variables, but you mentioned one thing, you know, and that caught my attention. You said it's kind of a gold mine, Uh, sure. Like uh, renting short or, or short term rather than a long term. Is that correct?
1: Well, absolutely it's a it's a gold mine just yeah. i mean from from an investor standpoint uh and i'm not sure if you you manage real estate or not but uh if if i gave you in one hand and an opportunity to to rent every 12 months to uh, uh god knows who and on the other hand i uh, give you uh, an established company at this point uh with uh, over fifty investments. That's going to stabilize my home for for the next five years. And because we understand uh, markets and and needs of, of investors, I may rent your home at market rent. But but every twelve months, we're going to look at market appreciation and have a uh, an investor's discussion on on cost sharing. If if we're going to give you a little bit more money every month based on what you could potentially get get in the market. But but that at the end of the day. Uh, offering value and stabilization is key because nobody wants to deal with vacancies. That, yeah. That's money down the drain. And that becomes a big part of, of why this becomes a gold mine for, uh, for homeowners.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, when it comes to the return, like money-wise, because again, when you rent stuff, uh, when you rent the rooms, the apartment, the houses, short term, let's say for a day, how How much is because you know let's say if I have a you know like let's say apartment for rent is eight hundred fifty dollars, so if the same apartment is gonna be rented for like day to day basis like for two days three days like how how much is that gonna be let's say if it's a nice you know nice apartment city center somewhere like i don't know pick a state like any state you know of course it's gonna depend like which state and like but what city, but li- how much is that going to increase like percentage wise, you know, like o- on the return that I'm getting from, from rents? Is that gonna, cause again, when you rent like, cause you, may- you mentioned the vacancies, when you rent for like every single day, is there the vacancies? Cause I, I thought like the vacancies will definitely increase because I mean, you, you always have to fill up with people and you-, you know, there's already, you put a lease in place for three, five, six months a year. And you know, this person is gonna be living there for a year. Like maybe he's gonna move out in the process, who knows? But you know, he's, he's always there. But in this case, like people come in for three days and they move out and like, you know, so my, like my concern, because the vacancy will go up, but you're saying is opposite.
1: Right, so uh, I think the part that, that we missed was uh, ho- homeowners get get market rent. Uh, so So in a sense, they get that every month. So I am their long-term tenant. Mm -hmm. So I am stabilizing their unit by giving them rent, regardless of if I make profit doing the business or not.
0: Okay, so
1: so the the vacancy that comes along with short term rentals, uh, that's solely on me in the business. So if I have uh, in worst case scenario, if I'm occupied uh, 50% of a month, then I may not meet I may not meet my uh, my monthly profit margin expectations and and I may eat the cost, but either way the homeowner uh, will get rent on the first of the uh, first of the month every month for the duration of of the agreement. Now that that becomes a scary proposition for some. Uh, I've I've had investors and and they've uh, quite simply backed out. It's like well I don't want to take on a three year lease agreement because all the what ifs come out right but Mm -hmm. but then we get into a different conversation and and that's where i think you know uh some of the uniqueness about what we're doing uh in the shared economy space shores up a lot of investor concerns with with uh with taking on long-term uh efforts and then we also have a uh a pretty unique pricing program uh that we it's, it's, t- it's under our partner host program. And, and as we see it, so, so co-host is the, the word we typically hear and, and, and co-hosts help you manage, right? And partner hosts, we, we aim to help investors grow their business. So that's strictly from a, a profit margin occupancy standpoint where we sit down with investors uh, and we talk to them about uh, target profit margins target occupancy rates and how do those impact and feed your daily rates, right? So so as it pertains to occupancy in a perfect scenario, uh, we're looking out and we are priced at a 30% profit margin target and an 80% occupancy rate target, right? So so we're expecting to only hit 80%, but we were priced efficiently enough where uh, those numbers will uh, appear bills and still, uh, get us to a 30% profit margin. So, in a perfect scenario, when we look at the way we price and our pricing structure, then the 20% vacancy that we're going to account for is already planned for in the pricing structure. So, so we're okay with that, with taking on that risk of of having that. But this all this all comes back to understanding numbers and being mm-hmm. able to, yeah. to price professionally to to get those uh, those results you want. And then in addition to that, what happens is uh, from an investor standpoint, everybody's looking to grow a business. So, so we change the dynamics of the conversation when we're looking out six months out. The uh, the conversation uh, sounds like uh, where, we're, where are we priced at a profit margin standpoint per night six months out, and it may be at a 130% profit margin. If somebody books a night, I want investors to know exactly how much money they made, Per night, uh, and then what does that mean for an occupancy rate if they book six months out? Because then, if our target occupancy rate is is still eighty percent, every night that's booked six months out, it allows us strategically then to start to plan against protecting our profits, right? And then the closer we get into into that time frame, what happens is we can leverage protecting our profits by then starting to drop rates uh, to maybe a 10 20 percent profit margin to offer offer a guest right a lower rate uh, value in the home that they're getting but at that point as an as an investor we're just looking to protect profits mm-hmm. and you may look at our listing and say well how can they be how can they be in the prime market in a prime market in price below market market rate but but the devil's in the details behind the structure and understanding that uh, we've, we've hit our profit margins over and above, and now we, we just want to protect that, right? So how do we do that? Right, then we're able to, 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 uh, to shape the market a little bit and then uh, achieve those occupancy rates, we protected our profits, and then we're focused, uh, focused out.
0: Man, I have so many questions right now because you just laid out some, uh, you know, great chunk of, uh, you know, of great information. But first of all, before I'm gonna forget, you know, the question is, what about, you know, cancellation rates? Because again, people are booking in advance, and like percentage-wise, how many of these people are canceling the bookings, and how is that affecting the the overall, you know, occupancy rates and and the returns? A yeah, great
1: question. Quite honestly, I don't see uh, many many cancellations honestly only in the Columbus Georgia market where I currently am and that's just due to military families that have come in for graduations Their last minute changes sometimes with uh, the schedules and that causes a cancellation but 9 times out of 10 those families will rebook on uh, on different dates as as the as those dates change but otherwise, I'd, I'd probably say less than 1%, even across all the, the, the different uh, uh, states and, and cities that we operate in, very, very low cancellation rates. And in the most cases, we have a moderate uh, to strict cancellation policy. So in, <clears throat> anywhere in a seven to 14 day window gets you, uh, gets you penalized uh, in most cases if you, if you decide to cancel.
0: Got it. Okay. Okay. So again, you by putting systems and everything in place, you, you protect yourself from from the happening. So what about you know, who makes the decision? Is it yourself or the owner? And what's the process of making a decision? Like how much you're going to charge per night on the unit? Is there some sort of a Airbnb comms that you can take a look at at what somebody else is renting? Like, what's the process?
1: Yeah, so, so for us again, like th- this becomes uh, a matter of understanding uh, your numbers, and and it all starts with uh, understanding how much it costs you to to operate your your unit on a monthly basis. So, so we've got this pretty uh, unique calculator, a uh, pricing tool that that we built uh, in house, and and we use it to to price our units and also our in uh, our investors. And, and what that tool does is it takes uh, our monthly expenses and then it calculates our uh, pass-through fees, the Airbnb service fees or whatever platform service fees along with the cleaning fees and it gives us our total operating expenses for a month. We then tie that into our profit margin projections and our occupancy rate projections for for that given month. Then what the tool does is it gives us a, a recommended nightly rate based on those numbers. So then we know exactly how much it costs us to to operate daily. In turn, uh, we price based on hitting those target uh, target rates. And then what we do from that point is we we do look at uh, sites that give you aggregated market data. And let me back up for a second. So, so this really just becomes about understanding uh, how to price your unit, because what, what happens is in, in a given city or zip code, uh, you're gonna have, let's just say a thousand Airbnb's. But but the reality of it is, is that if you rely on just aggregated market data, then you're either gonna be overpriced or underpriced, but you'll never hit your target price. So, so as I see it, uh, most people, Uh, get into the neighborhood, they get onto the street, but they never get to the right house, right? And that's because uh, just using aggregated market data by checking Airbnb and seeing whose price where around you or using a wheelhouse of Price Labs doesn't necessarily get you to uh, your own numbers. And and what does that mean in terms of your nightly price? Because every other homeowner has a different uh, monthly cost, which means they have a different Daily costs to operate their units, which means they should have a different, uh, they should have a different daily rate that that's uh, tied specifically to their uh, their property. So we do check uh, aggregated market data from Airbnb and AirDNA, and that's part of what's built into the tool. So once you plug in uh, your number specifically, you will get your recommended daily rate. And then also there are two sections below below that, and, and I know we can't see anything, so I'm just kind of explaining it here in, in air. But, uh, but but what we did was we put in a, a place where you can go in their DNA or your pricing tool and put in uh, their recommended price, and then against your recommended targeted price based on your numbers, you can see where your price. Then you're able to adjust uh, from there. But but at a minimum, the takeaway being that. Uh, regardless of where you price per night, uh, we want you to understand uh, how much uh, you are making per night and what your numbers mean, uh, not only near-term, uh, but mid-term and also also long-term.
0: Okay, got it. So again, you know, thanks for providing this much, you know, great information again, because I, I told you like I'm green in this space. Like, I don't know. I don't have a clue about the Airbnb, but, you know, it sounds like it's, uh, again, for you, you, you're doing this successfully, like, I don't know, from an investor standpoint, which it sounds like, you know, your investors are happy. If they won't be, you won't be having 50, you know, properties that you're having currently, you know, but the question is like, would you, what type of advice would you give for somebody again, who would be looking to do Airbnb? Like what's the process, like a, you know, first step to get involved, like into this type of business?
1: Well, I I tell you the first step would be to reach out to us, right? <laughs> because, uh, but, but a lot of experience in the market, and then uh, you know we're just able to provide a unique perspective on on Airbnb and whether it's uh, uh, domestically or or internationally. I mean, we we've consulted guests uh, as far away as as Australia on on the acquisition of units, and and the reality of it is is the the central Problem that exists doesn't change no matter where you are. So a homeowner in Australia that's renting a property is no different than a homeowner in, in New York that's renting a property, right? So we help when investors understand that, or folks that want to get into uh, the rental arbitrage business understand that uh, the, the, where the central problem exists, and then how do you you shape uh, your message around that to to have that conversation with homeowners, and that that again gets back into the source acquisition portion of it, but once that happens, uh, then we, we move into the build phase. And then for investors, helping them understand hey, what does it take for me to, once the home's under contract, we do a short term rental addendum uh, to the lease agreement. What does that process look like to to build a unit out from, from end to end? And, and we walk through that uh, through a Microsoft task list, which is part of a workflow where we, we bring your investors in and add them to the, the task list and then assign them tasks to, to take care of and, and stuff that we take care of. But it becomes uh, a, a working uh, team workflow through, through the task list to get us through uh, from acquisition all the way through uh, the first guest arriving after the guy that's taking pictures uh, departs out of the door. So
0: yeah it's it's, it's a, i love that you have everything in place to make sure that it's kind of a hands-off experience for all the investors because again the question like i've seen like previously when you like go on youtube and you just see all these like how to start your NBRB business, you Google and you're going to find, you will probably get confused more than educated <laughs> because there's so many different people selling. Again, it's, it's the same principles would be, but mm-hmm. what do you think like for a person who is looking to get involved? I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of work. And like, what mistakes have you been? You know, if somebody's still gonna say like, Alvin, like your company's doing great, but like, I wanna, I wanna be my own like guy. I wanna just run my own thing and whatever. You know, whatever sense mm-hmm. they make. And like, what mistakes do you see that people make when they do Airbnb uh, themselves?
1: I would have given you a different answer a year ago, uh, but but today, uh, understanding where we started versus where where we've come, and then understanding. Where investors currently are in, in the market the, the the mistake the fundamental mistake that most hosts uh, make is not getting into Airbnb to grow a business and and what happens is uh, we are within Airbnb, I say we, but Airbnb is growing into a, a more professional construct just in case that's breaking news for anyone. And, and what's gonna happen as a result of that is some of, some of that's gonna be passed down to, to host to, to increase the standard of, of what you're doing. So, so those that are just simply operating in Airbnb versus those that are in the market to, to grow a business, becomes an initial failure point and that gets back to uh one having a system and process in place to to uh to acquire and then build out units uh that add value and then to the the center of gravity really becomes about pricing and i, I know i walked through uh some of the uh, the ways that we, we price units uh but but at the end of the day uh if if a host doesn't understand uh, their numbers, uh, they won't understand how to grow their business uh, from from a financial standpoint, which then ultimately leads you into uh, price wars. and And we know we can line up every Airbnb on a street, and if they're in a price war, then there's just a it's just a race to the bottom at that point, right? Who, who's going to get to the bottom fastest, and then you're just going to start seeing folks bottom out uh, and again, so, so those that uh, get into price wars will, will eventually lose out. And, and those of us that are operating professionally, in terms of pricing, and in terms of adding value, uh, and then unique value, more specifically with, within the sharing economy as a whole, uh, will, will be the ones that uh, will, will survive the, uh, the professional approach, uh, as we see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so talking about survival, I have another question here, you know, for you, uh, because I'm thinking again, you know, like talking with a lot of these different, you know, investors in all these different asset classes. Like some of those asset classes saying, like, no, we're gonna survive. And what I mean by that, everybody's talking about the upcoming, you know, market crash, you know, and you know, like again, as I mentioned, like I don't have a clue what's going on with Airbnb business, but like how do you position for that because again like if you you know that's going to happen like nobody has a crystal ball nobody knows when but mm-hmm. is there a way to position yourself from from your company standpoint to like mitigate the risk uh, when it comes to you know vacancies increasing the vacancies and just people not you know renting
1: yeah great great question and, and that's where i'll get back to the the sharing economy aspect of of what we do right so so a great example would be uh, each New home that we we take in, uh, we we assess a home's uh, uh, ability to to operate in a sharing economy, right? So so I want a home to be able to uh, have a, a rental car through Toro on site available, offered to guests to add transportation needs. I want to be tied into a local chef that's providing uh, freelance chef services to be able to add to guest experience. I want to build out a property where a portion of that property and following here, it's uh, for Airbnb, meaning maybe there are three bedrooms, but two of them are, are guest bedrooms for sleeping. And then we use the third uh, bedroom as a small meeting space and combined with a, a small photo studio space. So, so then I have the capacity to, to leverage that space through Peerspace or Spaceler by offering uh, events to, uh, to locals and then also uh, small team meetings or meetup engagements to, to local businesses through, through Peerspace. And when you start to look at the, the number of shared economy services that exist and, and how you're able to tie that efficiently into, into a home, then you start operating in a different uh, capacity. And then when we start to have the conversation around occupancy rates and, and some of the risks that are involved with, with taking on long-term contracts, we, we mitigate that uh, that risk really through, through operating in the sharing economy and bringing and multiple streams of income to a property and really showing, showing the ability to have outsized returns, uh, not only through Airbnb, but just, just by operating within the realm of, of the sharing economy.
0: That's a very interesting approach. I I love it. So, you know, that's definitely gonna help you to mitigate the risks and for all the investors, because again, there's a lot of people concerned, like what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen. So that, that is awesome. I love the strategy. So again, coming back to the, you know, self-education, because again, being active in the military still. So for the people who are looking to get involved into real estate, whatever that might be, Airbnb, like construction, just in real estate in general, like, because, you know, it, it involves to have this business type of mindset, which they don't teach in school, college, universities. And, you know, <laughs> you, you get some of that in military, I'm sure, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, what type of business books besides, uh Robert Skierosaki, Rich that for, for that, would you recommend for people to read? Just uh, three of those.
1: So, so I, I am huge on taxes, right? And there's a, there's a book, I keep it here, uh, here by my desk, right? And I'll, I'll hold it up here. So uh, the Savvy Real Estate Investors, or, or the book on Savvy Real Estate Investors, or tax strategies for the, Savvy Real Estate buy? Investors. Who's the Amanda owner? Amanda Hahn and Matthew McFarland. Okay. Uh, through through bigger pockets, one of the bigger bigger pockets published books, but yep. uh, taxes for me uh, are the center of gravity, and you can't have a successful business without understanding the tax implications, right? And that that's another failure point. I, I get back to the previous question about uh, what hosts should understand, mm-hmm. uh, but but taxes and, and structure, because if you're if you're looking to grow a business professionally, then at some point you're going to have a conversation about uh, taxes and your structure. And then what does it mean to to go from uh, a C Corp to an S Corp from a tax standpoint. So, so understanding taxes to me becomes the central point, uh, central focus within within, uh, within, within growing a business.
0: Got it. Got it. So what would be the other two books that, that which you would recommend for people besides the taxes? Well, is there?
1: Uh, I you know, I, I would say, uh, uh let, let's not get back to rich dad, poor dad. I've got a, I've got a couple of them here actually. Uh, you put me in a bad position here, so I don't want to, I don't want to throw any any Airbnb specific books out there because I've all, I've proven them all wrong at this point. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's through experience to find out like some of those books, they, they don't work. People, some, some of those people, they just write the books just to write the books, right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've got a bevy of books on the, uh, on the bookshelf and and not all of them are, are financial related, but, yeah. uh, you know, again, just basic real estate books and then understanding taxes before you go into building a business, I think, I think it's key
0: okay so so can we just talk about the taxes a bit, a bit before we're going to transition so that like how is that different tax-wise like from any other investment like if if somebody's having like multifamily, family there's going to be different construction like tax-wise how how is it even looking like for a person like how is the structure
1: right and, and that therein lies the beauty of, of short-term rentals because it's a completely passive uh activity right so okay. Uh, On the surface, 100% of your expenses uh, go into the loss column with this. And you think about it from a hospitality standpoint in the two two areas of taxes. It's either ordinary or it's necessary, right? But but in the case where you're operating short-term rentals and then more specifically in, in this business, you can have a guess that directly impacts your ability to make money if they show up and say, hey, uh, there are no fried green tomatoes here and there's not an ESPN the magazine or Netflix, they can then arbitrarily leave you a one-star review that then directly impacts your ability to make money. So w- when you understand that in the nature of this business from a hospitality standpoint, is it ordinary? Yes. Is it necessary? Absolutely it is because I'm providing a guest experience. So, so when you think about that, again, and you, you're building out, uh, a property, you understand one where your uh, your the items that you're going to purchase that uh, have a depreciation value, and then everything else that's going to add a guest add guest experience. But uh, what what we figured is uh, really a price point for every investment we go into, uh, and I'll I'll say on average a three three bedroom home, uh, we take somewhere between a forty five thousand to fifty thousand dollar hit. From a uh, from a loss standpoint, just by opening a unit, and that's just an that's just an aggregated uh, cost estimate over the course of a year, of, across all the expenses, So all the utilities, uh, some of your maintenance costs, your cleaning fees, uh, everything you can throw into the bucket goes into the loss column. So we know going in, I'm going to take a fifty thousand dollar hit here. Now, now think about that when you do twenty. Or 25 properties in 12 months, right? Yeah, that becomes a pretty significant hit, and, and now because you're doing a, a, a completely passive activity, some of that moves to uh, from Schedule E to Schedule C, and although Schedule C is taxed differently, it Schedule C losses help offset some of your taxable W-2 income. So, so understanding taxes and understanding business from us, from that standpoint, if I give you in one scenario, uh, that the investor that doesn't understand taxes and, and they're not getting all their losses and everything's filed on schedule E versus an investor that, that does understand it and they're scaling because they understand losses mean from a tax perspective and are filed on schedule C and, and then you'll get. Uh, you get two totally different uh investors operating in the same business but one one that's growing growing a business uh through uh through taxes and and then another that's that's fumbling through uh through the business
0: yeah well yeah it's definitely taxes is a big thing you know like I don't know how it works in the states. I, again, I'm I'm not from there, except mm-hmm. the flag that I have hanging next to me. So, but yeah, I know like multifamily, particularly like we have a lot of people coming in from multifamily mm-hmm. space, and these people love taxes, They love tax advantages, and like Airbnb is, is is no different. I mean, it's it's real estate in general. So thanks for the book's recommendation. Thanks for importance of mentioning of taxes, and you need to get educated on that. So specifically to your business and to expanding that maybe you can share a few business goals that you're planning to get accomplished this year
1: yeah great great question so so for us we're looking to grow into the the partner host portion of the business uh where we're taking on a lot more consultation and helping short-term rental investors out there uh have a business approach so so we want to dump co host we want to get co-hosts out and we want to uh, put partner host in and as i alluded to to co-hosts help you manage and partner hosts help you uh, grow your business and i think that's uh that's what everybody's here to do so that, that a lot of the focus this year will, will be on uh small growth on on the property acquisition side mostly focus on on uh on good real estate where we can add tremendous value and and spaces that we can potentially host uh, bigger events like weddings and and some uh, some other events, and then uh, you know a large portion focus on consultation and and some of our partner host hosting services, and then the, the third part of that is really uh, growing the shared economy uh, aspect to to the business, and not only to to new inventory but but to existing inventory starting to to add some of those services to to existing locations that are even in smaller markets but again but we're all we're walking in the sharing economy so we're going to bring all that to you uh within the construct of of your uh your airbnb experience
0: okay love it love it some some great great goals for this year which i'm sure you're going to accomplish and go beyond that so for Let's the see. people who are looking and they're thinking about getting involved in the airbnb or maybe renting, you know, some of the stuff. Get, just pass it on to you because it sounds like it's a lot of work, and you have to educate yourself. Which, what you mentioned, some of the books they don't even give you the right education. Like, what mm-hmm. will be those social media platforms that people can go and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so so we're on Facebook, uh, your space STR, uh, all one word should uh, should bring us up. Uh, also on on Twitter, uh, we have an Etsy. Uh, store shop if you you follow etsy it's uh your space str and the search function uh the website uh www.yourspacestr.com uh, will get you to our platform that has a number of the services and also some of the uh, uh really unique and specific sharing economy products that we built in-house and and we purposed out on the uh the website for, uh, for investors to, to go in and, and take part of. And then also uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, again, if you search uh, Your Space STR, uh, you'll find some of our explainer videos for, for not only the pricing tool. So the, the, the website's located at www.yourspacestr.com where we have all the services that, that I talked about in addition to the, the pricing tool and some other unique Short-term rental, rental arbitrage, specific products that we built in-house that that are offered uh, on the uh, on the website. We also have a YouTube channel that that has uh, some content, not a lot of the videos and meetups that that we do. Those are currently being packaged for of course at some point. Uh, but uh, your space STR YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of uh, the explainer videos and also some of the the videos that are associated with with the uh, the homes that we, we've built out. We have an Etsy store shop uh, with some of our products. If you search Etsy at Your Space STR, it should bring the store up. Uh, Facebook, Your Space STR will get you to our, our page. And and I, I also have a an investor's page on sp- on Facebook that's uh, creating Airbnb and sharing economy investors, it's specifically for folks that, that want to get into this from an investor standpoint and, and not, uh, you know, a site about a million opinions on, on how to handle cash. We, we focus on the investment side of things then, but we'll leave everything else to everyone else. Uh, and lastly, on Twitter, uh, your space uh, should, should get you there and, and connect. And I think uh, Instagram, it's ys.str, uh, we'll, we'll find you on, on Instagram.
0: And of course, probably you're in bigger pockets as well. But judging by the book.
1: Yes, but not 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 in large uh, through the, sh- the, the short term rental uh, 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 forms. And it's just sometimes due to sheer volume of information. You ask a question and you get a million opinions and it's hard to figure out what's what's the truth. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, t- time is money.
0: Definitely. I agree. So again, guys, you're going to find all the links down below. If you just click on those and get in contact with Alvin, you know, ask some questions, you know, of course, do your due diligence before and go and ask because this is a busy man, you know, he's running places, you know, building the business and, you know, helping investors to get great returns with their and properties as well. So, you know, I'm just, very happy to have you today on the show you know I learned a ton about you know I feel I'm I'm less greener now you know after I spoke (laughs) with you so that's and and you're ready to hop in right yeah because because it's it's good I mean it's very interesting space there's a lot of people going towards that you know and like but I I was just seeing from kind of a you know one person managing few properties by themselves but there's a way actually to build the business with your help which I like, you know, which is a, a, a good sign. So again, guys, if you're interested into that, go and click the links, get in contact with him. If you're from Atlanta, go and check it out. Airbnb rental arbitrage meetup. That's, that's going to be coming up. You mentioned two times a, a month you do that. So man, it's just a pleasure guys. Again, if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Click clap, subscribe to the channel, go and check it out. Alvin's uh, YouTube as well, where you're going to find a lot of free content. I've seen some videos like one hour and and long. So, you know, there's great, great (laughs) content that he provides. And, you know, as always, guys are going to see you on the next episode. And Alvin, big pleasure. And thanks for doing this. Appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.